Welcome to the Next in Health podcast. I'm Igor Belokranitsky, a principal with PwC Strategy End, where I get to help leading health organizations with their strategies and operating models. And today we have a great episode. We're going to talk about the Drug Quality and Security Act. And so we have two people with us who are very knowledgeable about the subject. We have our own Namit Mehta. He's a principal in our operations transformation team. And from Walgreens joining us, we have Pat Lupo, who's a vice president of pharmacy and specialty trade. So Pat and Namit, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Igor, for having us. Welcome, Pat. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. Excellent. Well, let's start with the basics. Namit, for those of our listeners who have not read the entire act, would you please let us know what it's all about and what we need to know about it? Yeah, FDA introduced this Drug Supply Chain Security Act, which we call DSCSA, in 2013. And the date for implementation right now is November 27, 2023. The idea for this act is to enhance security, efficiency, and integrity of the pharmaceutical supply chain, and basically to protect the patient and consumers from counterfeit and contaminated drugs. If you look at it right, the stakeholders which are there in the pharmacy supply chain need to adopt a standardized drug tracking mechanism, which requires them to have a unique product identifier, UPI as they call it, for each of the drug packages and verify it across every point of the supply chain. So what it means is, This requires adoption of standard electronic formats for transaction data exchange and compliance with federal licensing standards for drug distributors, manufacturers, third-party logistics providers, pharmaceutical companies, pharmacies, as they go to the consumers. That's very helpful. And it seems like that's coming up very soon and every reason to be prepared. And so, Pat, let's turn over to you with, first of all, it's your first time on the podcast. would love to hear a little bit about your background and history at Walgreens and about your current role and how you're preparing for the DSCSA in your current role. Absolutely. And thanks again for having me. So I'm in my 20th year here at Walgreens Boots Alliance. I started off my career in the UK in pharmaceutical wholesaling and distribution, working closely with our pharma partners to implement new supply chain models. And then with the merger with Walgreens in 2012, we have been very focused on how we build out global value propositions with our leading pharma manufacturers around how to drive new product launches, patient activation, retention, and ultimately get to better health outcomes around the world. In my most recent role here in the US, running the trade channel for Walgreens, My team and I are responsible for the buy side inventory management supply chain for the Walgreens pharmacy business. So we work very closely with our pharma partners, getting access to products, managing service levels, managing product availability down to the site of care, obviously in concert with our wholesaler and distribution partners. And then looking at how we manage different programs, whether it be to efficiently manage our working capital, and again, help patients to, in our various platforms, get onto products as quickly as possible and get the economic value on the health side for taking their medications appropriately. So in my current role, in terms of how Walgreens is preparing for DSCSA, 
There's a couple of different avenues that we're currently progressing down. Firstly, we're overhauling our legacy inventory management system. We're moving to having a true perpetual inventory system that will enable us to tie out the close of every business day exactly where our inventory is across our 9,000 store footprint, in addition to our 10, soon to be 20 micro-fulfillment sites. So that's a pretty major endeavor and something that we're, we're close to completion on. And then in parallel, we've been building out the new functionality to support DSCSA, which will enable us to have full track and trace across our end-to-end supply chain from the manufacturer's factory gate all the way through to our dispensing and putting that into the patient's hands. So a lot of effort going in for the summer to be ready well in advance of November 27th. But I think just a couple of things that call out are really front of mind for us right now is working closely with our partner in the interoperability master data verification process, working with the RFXL to help us to facilitate this major interaction or transmission of data exchange. And then secondly, working with our wholesale partner to make sure that the pipes are working as intended and then ramping up our store labor so that we can obviously operate in a very different way to have a much tighter control and hands-on management of product and inventory as it moves through the chain. So yeah, lots of work to ensure that we've got a very robust, hardened supply chain ahead of November 27th. Pat, that sounds like you're quite busy. And I'm wondering if you envision the future where the hard work is done and the supply chain is DSCSA compliant and you have the track and trace and all these features you've been describing. What does that future supply chain look like? How is it different from what you have today? Yeah, certainly the endeavors will not be without their rewards. I think we, as the act is intended, we'll be able to ensure that full product integrity will eliminate any notion of there being counterfeit meds in the supply chain, which is certainly a huge step forward for the U.S. healthcare supply chain. Probably worth noting that Europe has implemented this already. So we're a little bit behind, but bringing us up to current is definitely in the interests of the U.S. consumer. I'd say also our ability in the supply chain to be much more agile and respond to different pressures. We'll be able to now really get a tighter control on some of the wastage that we see in the supply chain. Certainly pharmaceutical product is incredibly expensive with a long tail of very slow moving products. So things like working capital, strength, these are for a pharmacy operator really front of mind to ensure that you have a strong, profitable business. And using the new capabilities coming from the investments around making sure that we're DSCSA compliant, we'll be able to sweat those to ensure that we can maximize some of those metrics. I think also there's probably some fringe benefits around being able to better track and surveil what we're seeing in terms of product availability in the chain. So as we look at some seasonal shortages, whether it be through cough, cold, flu, God forbid we have another pandemic, but I think the supply chain is going to be in a much better shape to think proactively about what changes it can make to be better prepared for some of those shocks. 
And then lastly, we see a lot of FDA activity naturally with making sure that there's no impurities in any of the products that are coming through the U.S. supply chain. Recalls are becoming harder and harder to manage. But with DSCSA, we'll see an ability to get down to patient level very quickly in the event that there's a lot or batch that needs to be taken off the market in quick order. So having that, again, surveillance, that monitoring, all the data to trace these products down to the end user is just going to make pharmacy operators' lives a lot easier. I really appreciate that description. And I imagine trying to get ready for this, there's a lot of plans, there's a lot of checklists, there are a lot of programs and teams running to get ready. And so curious on your views on other organizations, what are the things they need to do to prepare? What are the elements of the work to be done? And maybe Namit, let's start with you and then come back to Pat. Yeah, Igor, I think Pat mentioned some of the things, but I would say we bucket into four things, right? One is the process and system readiness. You're now getting into a new territory. So how are those processes defined and aligned? And what are the system requirements again, right? There's this whole issue around inventory tracking, how the information exchange is happening, how we're making sure our systems, which are used for basically buying and selling or dispensing to the consumers and patients is aligned to that. There's a piece around site nadirus, right? So now there are multiple supply chain sites where the product will be flowing through, starting from the pharma manufacturers to the warehouses, to the distributors, to the pharmacies, to the hospitals. Each of those sites, think about the US market, we have around 4 billion prescriptions being dispensed annually. How would that verification of the volume of data which is going to be exchanged done? So each of those sites have to have capabilities around it. And that leads to the next point, which is on people readiness. Do they have the right people to do all the right scanning, tagging, process flows to manage that people? And again, right, getting it ready. I think there is a significant increase in volume in terms of transactions to be recorded and reported, which were originally not there. And then last thing is the whole readiness across the entire ecosystems. The partners have to be ready collectively and not individually to actually make this possible. What kind of changes need to happen in terms of data information contracts, in terms of you know how reconciliations are happening? So I think those are just some of the areas we think companies need to button up over the summer to get it ready. And I think a lot of companies are making a good progress in terms of getting there. Pat, you heard Namit's kind of readiness checklist and the four buckets, anything that he's missing, anything else you'd add to the list? It really, yeah, it comes down to people, process, technology. So making sure that you've got those components in place to enable the interoperable data exchange, that we're able to adapt our master data files to capture all these new information, whether it's expirations, location, quantity, there's certainly going to be a much greater emphasis on the master data management and capture. So making sure that you've got the bandwidth and the capacity to handle all of that, you know, talk about just the number of day-to-day transactions that occur around prescriptions in the US. It's certainly a huge undertaking here. So I think in getting ready for November, there's definitely a lot of testing that needs to occur, uh, sort of end-to-end regression testing between the different businesses, the different systems to really affect that interoperability and credentialing 
between the different parts of the supply chain, whether it be the manufacturer, the distributor, or the pharmacy. I think just more probably on the people side of it, it's also changing the way that we do work. So building that capacity from a labor standpoint to be able to scan in every item or scan out every item, depending on the steps in the workflow, and then building the what-if scenarios, the non-happy paths whereby we may have to quarantine inventory if for whatever reason the credentialing isn't up to date, the barcode could have got smudged in transit and we're not able to scan that in. But yeah, there's definitely going to need to be a number of workarounds or fail-safes that are built into the day-to-day to ensure a smooth operating of the pharmacy business. That, again, really very helpful description. And you've mentioned that the preparation is not ready when you're ready. It's also when the partners are ready and you've done all the testing. And Namit talked about the ecosystem that has manufacturers and distributors and other participants. And so maybe a few thoughts from you on what do other participants in the supply chain and the value chain, like the manufacturers and distributors, need to do and are doing to get ready? And so again, Pat, let's start with you and then go to Namit. The industry's had some time to prepare for this. It's been phased rollouts, different components of the DLCSA Act over time that we put in the building blocks or foundational elements so that we're ready to build in the more advanced components. So I think that things like compliance and regulatory changes part of doing business in the pharmaceutical landscape. So for the wholesalers and the manufacturers, there was certainly a push here to get ready well in advance. So pleased to see where the majority of the industry is at this point in time. The wholesalers certainly have made major investments in their distribution technology to ensure they have that full supply chain integrity that they can scan in the 2D barcodes that they're operating at the highest end of picking accuracy and then they're managing the majority of the manufacturers and suppliers from a testing and cataloging perspective. So feel good about that. I think on the manufacturer side as well, a lot of investments around manufacturing to adapt the production, to serialize and aggregate their inventory with the 2D barcodes and then transmit that data to the wholesalers for reconciliation and then onward through the supply chain. So generally speaking, the industry has come together and cooperated really well to ensure that we can be ready for November. I think I'll just add one thing, right, is change management, communication across the whole staff, which is supporting you is important. And then if you are not ready 100%, right, defining what the minimum viable product is so we can, you know, comply with the regulations and then continue to build the additional functionality would be critical. Excellent. Excellent. And so you both talked about the human aspect of this and getting ready. And maybe before we close, let's talk a little bit about the technological aspect. Do you see the preparation as a matter of updating and enhancing existing tools and systems and databases? Or are there brand new tools and systems that have to be created to get ready? Well, well, certainly on the technology side, making sure that you've got scanners that can hold up to much higher frequency or volume of use on a day-to-day basis, uh, ensuring that you've got some of those fail-safes built in and the data is moving through the pipes as quickly as possible so that there's nothing getting in the way of ensuring that the pharmacies can receive product in, put it away on shelf, get it to the patient, 
I'd say there's also just from a health metric standpoint, a lot of dashboarding and reporting that is built in to that user experience so that we, from a support center perspective, as we're managing the network, can rapidly monitor what's going on down to store level and intervene if necessary to keep the business humming along. So yeah, I'd say that the technology is definitely required there to maintain this new system once it's in place and make sure that we're providing the team members with the necessary support to complete their tasks. I'll just add, right, I think from a technology point of view, companies have chosen different paths that Pat mentioned, right? Some are implementing new technologies, some are enhancing the existing ones. There's an infrastructure aspect of it, right? The bandwidth, uh, internet speed and everything, which needs to be making sure that things are flowing through across the cloud. And then the last piece I would say, right, is the hypercare model, which is required. Because once you're moving from a current way of working to a new way of working, obviously there's too many touches which are need to be taken care of. So what's the hypercare model and what's the digital enablement of that hypercare model to make sure it's seamless and we are ensuring business continuity and focus where the most important thing is, which is saving patients' lives. Well, speaking of saving patients' lives, I want to give the final word to Pat. Pat, you're an industry veteran. What do you see this DSCSA doing for the consumers? What do you feel that the impact on the consumers will be? Well, it will give the consumer absolute confidence in the validity and integrity of the medicines in the U.S. supply chain. I think that's a big leap forward from where we have been. I think certainly it's core to the FDA's mission. And I think just all around it, as healthcare providers, we can feel much more confident in the quality of the service and products that we're providing. That's fantastic. And here at PwC, we're all about solving important problems and building trust in society. And this is all about building trust in society and solving a very, very important problem. So Pat, thank you for taking time out of your busy day, getting ready for DSCSA to talk to us. And Namit, always a pleasure to have you on and can't wait to have you back. Thanks, Igor, for hosting us. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to get the future episodes and also listen to the previous ones. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.